Season 1, Episode 5, The Rounder Report. I guess one day we'll actually lose the, lose the, the clapperboard eventually. Good, good afternoon or good morning, folks. They're still hangling on to just about the morning. So welcome to, to uh, another outing for the Randall Report. Um, I thought, um, uh, what, what have you been up to uh, since we met on Saturday? Got a very nice dinner. We got invited out for dinner on Saturday. Um, very nice dinner. That's uh, the most exciting uh, thing that happened. We had dinner. Well, that's the most exciting thing I've done in about two years. Let's <coughs> uh, be about like notwithstanding uh, you know lockdowns and. and and what have you. I haven't really been anywhere. I hope you enjoyed the meal. It was delicious, mate. Delicious. Yes. Wasn't vegan, for all you vegan followers. It was uh, duck. Yeah, we butchered a duck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought, uh, well, you butchered a, but, butchered a duck on Saturday, and now we're going to butcher a live podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell not, eh? Um... Any bits and pieces caught your your uh, attention in the news over the last few days? Uh, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Ukraine rumbles on, but things seem to be calming yeah. down. Whether or not well, that's Putin, you know, maybe that's part of his um, his plan to be. look like there's a pullback when really he's sort of just rep- repositioning. His forces to do a true attack on Ukraine sooner rather than later. We'd have to wait and see. Liz Truss. Liz Truss, yes, she went to see Sergei Lavrov, didn't she? Which I understand was uh, didn't go too swimmingly. She tried to sort of uh, imbue Margaret Thatcher, not only in her tone, but also sort of in her dress. And I think, oh, really? That, yeah. Shoulder pads and all. No, and she had the whole like fur hat, the whole thing. She literally tried to. Oh, you are joking. She literally tried to copy Margaret Thatcher, but no but, one does Margaret Thatcher like Margaret Thatcher. No, and she fell, and certainly not Liz Truss. She it's fell just, flat on her face. Yeah, she tried to be. She looks of, like somebody who fell flat on her face. She tried. Yeah, she tried to sort of um, mm. impose UK's will on Russia, and it didn't go down. Very didn't well. go down too well. No, I, I had heard. I had heard that. We were laughed uh, out of the mean, country, essentially, and I mean, told to go back and do as we're told, and that's exactly what we've done. Let's be about right. I mean, it's a diplomatic own goal, sending somebody like Liz Truss, isn't it? She, she's got one of those faces. It's, sorry, Liz, but it is most unfortunate. You've got one of those faces that is inclined to, to make somebody like Russia actually start a bombing campaign. But culturally, um, I don't think it works either. I mean, it's a very sort of male-dominated society anyway. It would seem if you'd understand culture, you'd put forward quite a strong-willed man to try and negotiate. Yes. Unfortunately, not that Russia's sort of behind the times, but you have to understand the culture. The culture is very masculine-dominated, and so you kind of need to match it. You can't, you can't have sort of a relatively weak-looking woman. Trying to, trying to dominate a situation. Oh, she's going to be upset calling her well, relative. I'm going, I'm, going to, I'm going to upset a lot of people, but you have to understand the culture. It would yeah. be the same, unfortunately, if you went to Japan, for example. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and it's still male dominated. And if you want to get anywhere, at least on the business front, you need to have 
new the appearance of a masculine, yes. oh, you know, that energy. Makes sense of, of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else has been in there? Well, I, I did see that the snack makers uh, of, of uh, potato rings won't uh, uh, give them too much of an advert. Um, the old hula hoops. Um, uh, yeah, hula hoop manufacturers have uh, a warning of a shortage of supply to the supermarkets due to a ransomware attack, apparently. Um, I don't know what that is, is about. I assume the management have got this one or two of them with rather clenched hoops uh, at the moment, wondering uh, when they're going to get their snacks back online. And, um, it's not exactly the biggest story of the week, but no. But you know, it's the little things that catch your attention. You know, the two I see tube fares, tube and rail fares are going to go up by five, about five percent. Percent, and what else have we got? It's the most here? in a decade. Yeah, yeah. That's um, also. Can we also talk about the? Um, there was a huge cyber attack in the Ukraine. Was yes. it two days ago? Yes. And they thought that might have been the beginnings. But it of, wasn't. Uh, which mean it wasn't. Well, but they're all still where they are. No, but there definitely was a cyber attack. Yeah. It affected defence systems, it affected the banking system in Ukraine. Yeah. And they thought that might be a prelude to, to an invasion. A, a wider attack. I, I did see uh, something uh, that from the Express uh, earlier in the week, which said that um, they thought the time was going to be three o'clock on Wednesday, which it seemed to me to be a bit like a soccer match. Just before like tea. a fixture. Yeah. You know, so uh, make sure everybody got their six packs in front of the television. <laughs> We're starting a war at three p.m. Uh, half time. <laughs> There'll be buns and uh, sandwiches, and and what else has happened? Of course, oh yes, and we've had uh, a sex a sex offender escape from an open prison. Yeah. Uh, although I I had understood that Andrew had settled out of court. Um, yeah, he's hiding in Windsor. He's hiding in Windsor, yes. Um, That's a disaster. That w will probably be the next topic we discuss. Yes, we'll try Andrew, be, the wandering hands of Andrew. We'll try and be as diplomatic yes. as possible with that one, but definitely yeah. we need to talk no about... No sweat, of course. Yeah. And of course we also have our storms running through, running through the UK at the moment. Yes. Trying to get to you today on a bike wasn't fun in the crosswinds because we were sort of getting... 40, 50 mile an hour gusts today, which wasn't fun. Oh, a lot of crosswinds. A lot of crosswinds. A lot mm. of people without power as well. You know, things are becoming relatively serious. So if you are yes, out now, there, watch out because the weather's a bit. Touchwood. I've never experienced a power cut since I lived in London. How's that possible? Um, well, there hasn't been. There just hasn't been one where I've been. Uh, and there used to be regular things when I lived up in Leicester. Of course, there were very regular things during the three-day week, you know. Happens around me. Seventies. <laughs> happens around me every once in a while. We get a power cut for a few hours here. Really? Around, yeah. Up in the posh neck of the woods. Happens all, well, well, not all the time, but once a year you'll get... Pretty humbling, I would have thought. <laughs> no, you just get cabbers out. <laughs> I remember once being snowed in in, in uh, the cottage I had up in Leicestershire. For five days, I had to dig out the car. It had completely disappeared under the snow. And we had no heating or hot water or anything for five solid days, just the coal fire. And uh, the village was running out of candles, so even that became a bit of a nightmare. But, um, but anyway, I thought today we'd, uh, we'd, have a, uh, uh, we'd talk about 
road hogs. So uh, an apology for any outdated language uh, for, for, for four-legged, uh, similar <laughs> friends. It's not aimed at them. It's aimed at those people who occupy our public highway and um, whether it be in motor, on motability scooters, on bicycles, cars, pedestrians and the like. And it seems to me that everybody uh, hates everybody else. Cyclists yeah. hate drivers, drivers hate cyclists. Uh, drivers and cyclists hate pedestrians and pedestrians hate everybody else <laughs> and uh, and then there's motability scooter users uh, and of course apologies to the legitimate users of motability scooters um, because of disability but I suspect before we move on to, to but they do take the piss don't they sometimes well do you know I I, I uh, yeah well, it's, they take advantage of their situation. You know, they realise, obviously, they're on a mobility scooter. You have to be ultra-aware of their presence, either on the road or on the pavement. I don't know what exactly the rules are on that. But sometimes you'll see them literally in the middle of the road with an HGV behind them. <laughs> because they know that, obviously, they're not going to... You know, they know for a fact that the HGV driver isn't going to go around them. And they have to give enough space because you never know. You know, those things have got really small wheels. They might get stuck. They might tumble over. Who knows what it might be. But, yeah, there are some that abuse the, the situation. Well, I, there are others that aren't. I'm I not was so telling sure. You, just very quick on that one. The one time I had experience with a mobility scooter was when there was an old lady who was trying to get up. Not a steep hill, but it was steep enough. And her mobility scooter didn't have the power to get up the hill. Right. So she was asking for help like from everyone and no one was willing to help her out. So I got behind her and pushed pushed her up the hill. Right. Because I thought, okay, you know, I can't leave her sort of languishing at the bottom of the road so that I'd help her out. Why is that funny? <laughs> I just, uh, they, they, they're giving somebody a, yeah, a, a push start in a mobility yeah. scooter. <laughs> they are bloody weird things. Um, I mean, it's it's, yeah, it uh, obviously it makes sense for people who are disabled that it gets them about and so forth. They don't require a license, but I'm just aware. I don't know whether you've been aware of it, but there are lots of people out there who have used them as a new form of trans uh, transport that don't because they don't require a tax disc. Uh, I don't think they even require insurance. I'm not sure. I doubt it. Um, and they're not disabled at all. I've seen them in the, you know, jump off them. Um, and usually I find it's always fag smokers. <laughs> don't know why. They might have an but alternative that's... disability. It might not be physical. Right, okay. Um, then what, why would you need a motability scooter if it wasn't a physical impairment? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know... But you can't deny someone a mobility scooter if they're claiming they're disabled in one form or another. No, but it's 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 a it's a bit it's a, it's a bit annoying when you see you know a motability scooter and then you see somebody uh, jump up. That's just typical. Got a knock on the door. Got a knock on the door. Are we um, going to go okay. see who it is? I'm going to go and see who this is. This is this is, what this I is love live. About. This is what I love about live stuff. Bear with me one moment. Hold on one second, everybody. One moment. Very well. No worries, there's nothing big. I'm only familiar with this. 
Now, well, you have, because I'm filming a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we are live. <laughs> yes, I will be great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's comedy cold. That's funny. <laughs> Who was that? There we go. I haven't a clue. I think it was a ch- charity. He was yeah. wearing a badge. Very nice young gentleman. Uh, Kick him out. Kick him to the uh, car. Uh, Don't uh, need him. Yes. The only downside, it did say he was coming back. Um, where were we? Yes, uh, that, it's just those the, those um, people I find. I've seen them. They jump out of the motability scooter, and they, they've got. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm a sort of fit and agile, but aged individual. But they jump out of these things with all the vitality of a teenager. And you think, hang on a minute. Um, and then I've actually got run down by one in a supermarket, uh, speeding down the aisles. Well, and, you're uh, expected to get out of the way, aren't you? Yeah, yeah which is, is, uh, is, is pretty difficult. And um, I think last week or the week before, I was in Tesco. You, oh. you, you should have stood your ground. Uh, well, you must is, be joking, Simon. What, what's, what's going on? Okay, so <laughs> is it the charity guy? Oh dear! And guess what? This is this is one of those surveys. Hello. Yes. I can't actually. I'm doing a podcast. And no doubt you're going to ask me lots of questions about gambling. Uh, because normally every time I get one of these, it, it's gambling habits. Uh, oh, okay, I would have almost been willing to lay a bet on it. <laughs> um, but I will be available later if you want to call back. Lovely. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Right. Right. Okay, Honestly. can we can we Are agree? I'm gonna I'm gonna put my phone on silence here yes, just in case. Uh, it. Just shows you, you see, this is what happens. So today that's that's the third request for a survey from the same company this week. And they always tell I always ask them the same question, it's gonna be about gambling, no, no, not this time. And halfway through it's gambling. It's gambling. I don't know why they've got this this because well, they assume you've got a problem, that's why. <laughs> there must be really? something in your search history uh, what because I did a lottery ticket once yeah maybe you know um, a lucky dip fingers crossed for the Euro Millions oh you've been doing the Euro Millions have you? only when it gets really big well I'd be happy see I don't have any desire to win a hundred million I wouldn't have time to spend it you understand you know a cool three or four would, would, would be be more than you know more than acceptable anyway anyway and then I, I wouldn't need to worry about motability scooters you know um, that's the, the you could just get someone to carry you everywhere I could get well I could get you know, uh, I wouldn't have the shopping delivered I'd have staff <laughs> <laughs> send them down to the supermarket you know uh, and then they can come back and grumble about motability scooters running them over in the aisles. I was in a supermarket last week and I was the only walking pedestrian, walking shopper in the entire queue for the self-checkout. So there was four, four, no less, 
motability scooters in front of me, you know, lined up. I, I felt like I was on the grid at the British Grand Prix. Maybe they were like you know. friends or something. Um, Could have uh, been a group. Ah, well, that's handy, isn't it? Because it's like safety, safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. Oh, right. Um. <laughs> but anyway, so, yes, uh, um, uh, we digress. Um, but they are, an, I, I find them annoying. But, okay. Um, it's just, I think they, they, they you know, it, I don't mind them. I wouldn't mind them. But for God's sake... They, sh- they shouldn't be there. They should be licensed, really, for blue badge holders. They shouldn't be there for, for people to use them as a cheeky new mode of transport that doesn't require licence or taxation. Because equally, they should be insured. Because if you mow somebody over in a motability scooter, I assume you could break the leg. Just the same as um, you can get pretty hurt if you get mowed down by a cyclist. Yeah. Now then, cyclists. Cyclists, I mean... Uh, I don't know what it's like up in your neck of the woods. Here, they ride everywhere. They're on the pavements. They're on the... And again, you know, um, all road users, I can't... You know, we've all got to make room for one another. And this is not anti-cyclist. I'm not anti-cyclist. I used to to cycle everywhere. Um, But cycling on the pavement, that's been against the law since the late... uh, I think the late 1800s. This and, is and this is where we disagree, though, isn't it? I think on this one. Why? Well, because there are many countries which allow cycling on pavements. I lived in Japan for a while. Uh huh. And there they have, there it's perfectly acceptable to ride your bicycle on the pavement, but everybody understands the rule. The rule is, pedestrians stay on the shop side of the street so furthest away from the road yes cyclists will take the outside track close to the road you know everybody rides at a reasonable pace oh. know, nothing nothing too nothing too fast nothing that will cause you know any sort of danger to pedestrians so there's an there's a quiet understanding of how you operate on the pavement uh, and, and it, does it work and it works it, it works because it works. people show consideration absolutely and and this is really what i wanted it's to, consideration which is which is the this key, is it. Right? this is what i wanted to kind of talk about today it's not the necessarily the rules uh and they cyclists. follow the traffic ordinance which is the other thing when yes. there's a red light they stop just like everybody else yeah you don't then put yourself at risk going through the red light you also then putting pedestrians potentially crossing at risk as well as as well as cars who may then hit you, yeah. And there is this sort of now we have the new DVLA rules, which has a hierarchy of um, hierarchy of safety, and it goes from pedestrians all the way up to truck drivers and bus drivers. Gotcha. And so buses have the lowest um, hierarchy of, of risk because obviously they hurt the most if they hit you. Exactly. And so you go you you. Well, this is my point. So if a cyclist takes unnecessary risk, you know, at the moment, it would be the car or the motorbike or the bus or the HGV that would that would take blame. Right. So regardless of whether the cyclist operates within the within the rules or not, you know, if they get into an accident, it will be the fault 
of the next one of up. the next hierarchy the next up. And this is kind of an odd right, it's kind of an odd way of looking at it. I mean, I I think we've just lost uh, the ability to be considerate on the roads. When I was a young man, oh, and here we go. Um, we didn't have uh, traffic light cameras because people knew to stop. We used to have the adverts on television, you know, what, what green meant, what amber meant and what red meant. Um, and, uh, uh, but people had a common courtesy. They weren't in all such a flaming hurry. Granted, the roads weren't as busy, but um, it seems to me to be less about rules and more about just um, uh, human nature being more considerate, tolerant, respectful and patient with one another. Because I see cyclists, for example, and scooter drivers driving up the opposite way of a one-way street. So when you're, you're crossing the road, obviously you're looking for, for in the direction the traffic would normally come from, only to be mowed over from behind by a scooter. Um, and I see cyclists on the pavements, uh, car drivers using their telephones. I noticed there's a, a new rule. Apparently there was a loophole, folks, um, about using mobiles in cars. Mobile telephones, I thought, were illegal except to, to, to be used hands-free uh, in a car. But apparently, until this new change to the highway code, there was a bit of a loophole, which meant you couldn't make a uh, non-hands-free call or send yeah. a text, but you could play a game, which I find a little odd. So it was all right to run somebody down providing you were playing Candy game. Crush. Yeah. Um, On that note as well, the only incident I've ever had with a cyclist, again, this is around Victoria, and I was on the pavement. I had my headphones on, so that might have been a bit of an issue because I didn't hear the cyclist coming. But he was coming behind me, and he went right into me. Ouch. Now, he fell over because I was... I'm not small, you know, so luckily I was able to bear the brunt of the of the impact. And he sort of like crumbled. So it was like hitting a brick wall. <laughs> he sort of crumbled to the floor. But then he shouts at me oh. know, for, for, being, for not being aware. Yeah. And I was like, well, hold on a second. But if you ran into me, how is it my fault? <laughs> and I didn't, I, truly, I didn't understand that. And he was really getting quite heated. Uh, and I just basically walked off because I didn't want to deal with that. I was like, no, this is, this is ridiculous, you know. You smacked into me. If anything, I should fall to the floor, call the police, and claim sort of like my neck, my neck hurts, and try to get, you know, a go to a Harley Street yeah. physician and and, and uh, pay a hundred quid to tell them that my neck's broken, and try to get a payout. Yes. But obviously, you can't do that because it's just bring up the ambulance. Chances. Yeah, yeah. I should have done the whole thing, yes. but I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those lovely uh, teams of lawyers that love to to try and extract. Money for nothing. But yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not all cyclists because, as okay, I'm a car driver, I'm a motorcycle rider, and I'm a pedestrian. Yeah, and I ride and I ride my my bicycle as well. So I think I have as good an understanding of the road, mm. and what people find acceptable or not. So I'm aware as a driver what it's like 
to be a driver and have cyclists, you know, close to you. You know that sort of it's not nice if a driver, you know, comes up alongside you and just races past. It's scary. But by the oh, same totally token, great. but by totally, the same yeah. token, as a bicycle rider, I also know that crossing a red light, you know, it just causes consternation to everybody. Everyone hates it. So I, but so I, but so I don't do it. I don't, I don't cycle in the middle of the road because people hate it. It puts everybody's sort of temperature up, you know, and it causes issues. So I make sure I stay on the left hand side as much as possible. Eye contact as much as possible, you know, putting your arm out whether you're going left or right, stopping when you need to stop, especially at junctions, for example. I'd rather be a metre back yeah. and allow a car, if they need to turn left, to go left. Yeah. But if you're right alongside them, you know, you're sort of wasting everyone's time because you could just hang back, let the car turn, and then you've got a free run. Why do you have to be side by side? Then you have to sort of, you know, get going to, to cross the junction. Well, when I was at Nippa, we had cycling proficiency uh, tests. Yeah, but they still exist today. Um, well, I'm sure they do. Uh, uh, and you were taught how to use hand signals. Uh, and, of course, these days, the only hand signals you get are the two-fingered salute when yeah. it all goes uh, a bit pear-shaped. Um, but, uh, and I noticed the new rules for cyclists means that they can ride more in the middle of the road. They're not supposed to be closer to the, the curb than about half a metre or something. The idea is that you need to be as visible as possible. So even if it means that, even if it means that you're in the centre of the road, in the centre of the road, it means that you're visible and in a safe, safer position. That's, that's the logic. Uh, uh, but, but the point is, we need to change intrinsic behaviours of road users first. But then also because all a... the rules haven't stopped people sitting there, and I see them all the time, driving along in their car, they're looking down, they're not looking at the road, and they're, they're writing a bloody text. But, you, but I mean, on, on that as well, one of the first things you're taught when you drive a car is that you need to follow the free-flowing traffic. Yes, and that you shouldn't in any way cause the slowing down of free-flowing traffic because mm. that's incredibly dangerous. So if, if a set of cars are on a road travelling at around, say, 28 miles an hour, and that's the free-flowing nature of traffic at that time, you need to follow that. Because if you drive too slow... You become a danger you to others. You become a danger to others. Well, I now, think there used to be a rule on mo- for motorways about but, that. Yeah. It's, it's the speed so limit 70, but everybody was driving at 70 and you were driving at 50. That could it's be deemed a, to, to be a But hazard. in fact, the police will stop you for that. Yes. Well, so they should. You should keep up with the even consistent I was, even flow. I, was, I failed my licence first time round. Did you? But because... Even though there was, you know, torrential rain, and yeah. I was I was on a country road, yeah. so it was sixty. Yeah, the rain was so heavy, I dropped down to, to like forty because literally I couldn't see a meter ahead of me. But excuses, I was, mate. There's excuses. Okay, fine. <laughs> but I was failed yes. because, according to the to the instructor, I should have been going at at least five percent of yeah. of yeah. the um, how do you call it? Of the speed of the road. And so that's why I got felt. So I was like, okay, if that's the case, I understand it. And his logic was, if there's a car behind you, 
who believes the speed limit is around 60 and you're going 10, 20% below that, you've become a hazard. Gotcha. Now, the whole point of being in a city, for example, and that the whole reason why we have roads is that we're supposed to have efficient, free-flowing traffic and that you allow, tr- you allow uh, vehicles to travel as quickly and as safely as possible, you know, as that's part of the mass transit system. If you now have a bicycle that's in your way, he slows everybody down Right. And essentially, also causes more pollution because the slower you travel, the more pollutants you so you, you create. Uh, so this idea then of sticking um, bicycles in the middle of the road, as it were, in the middle of the lane, and twenty miles an hour is not necessarily a good idea. No, and reducing traffic at twenty miles an hour, in my no. opinion, is also dangerous as well as stupid, and it's also, in my opinion, you know, not that great for the environment. Mm. But that's a very personal opinion, and I'm, there are many people who will disagree. But I find it ridiculous, and nobody is, no one follows the rules. And the one idiot that does follow the rules is beat at. Gotcha. You know, because it's just yes. annoying. Mm. So in theory, if we're living, if we have more modern cars, more efficient cars, faster cars, surely we should then be allowed to drive at faster speeds, even in town. The issue isn't car drivers being dangerous. It's pedestrians crossing the roads where they shouldn't and then getting into accidents. Uh, well, you say that, but I think it's all road users. I mean, uh, um, uh, I don't know whether you've driven abroad. I mean, Yeah, I, all the time. Um, I, I remember 20 years, about 20 years ago driving uh, in Marrakesh. And... Uh, that's a really interesting scenario because you go out on the dual carriageway where the cars and, uh, and what have you are all travelling at uh, anything sort of up to 60 or 70 mile an hour, 60 mile an hour. And uh, you'll the, the same piece of carriageway will be occupied by everything from cyclists to truck drivers to car drivers, uh, buses, coaches and donkeys and carts. And uh, do you get many donkeys in Hackney? Yeah, well, arguably. <laughs> okay, let, let's be specific to no, where we are. Uh, no donkeys in Hackney. But the the thing that struck me is that because you've got all this, you know, it was really busy, um, and all these different uh, road users at di- uh, all at differing speeds, of course. Um, uh, means that you're you're you you've totally got your wits about you, yeah. and you're driving with great care because obviously you don't want to be suddenly finding yourself uh, you know piling into a donkey in a cart, um, and I think that's probably where we've got we've, here. It feels like there's too many rules and nobody's abiding by any of them. So, um, you know, my point is, is you, you have cyclists, um, uh, some riding around with the camera on the top of the headlight there, they're uh, somehow, you know, above it, uh, it all. Um, yeah, and I can understand the, the, the desire to catch out uh, rogue, road users, road hogs, as it were. Um, but then you've you've got them darting across pedestrians when there's uh, pedestrian crossings when there's uh, the cars are stopped and pedestrians are halfway across and suddenly there's a black bike flashing past you. You've got them on the pavement, um, which 
they're not supposed to be riding on the pavement at all. That's the law of the country. Um, and it just seems to me that, that even though we've had the, the general rules for the use of mobile phones and what have you, for God knows how long, I still see far too many people risking both the lives of the passengers and other road users and pedestrians um, busy sending texts because they can't leave it alone. Yeah, mobile um, phones is a huge issue for car drivers. I'll absolutely agree, even on a motorbike. Because you're slightly elevated, you can see into people's cars. Yes. And sort of, you'll go past, let's say, eight or nine cars, one of them will be on their phone. Yeah. Either a exactly. glance or sending a message or something or other. And yeah, it's, 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 that is really, really dangerous, I have to admit. So I guess, I guess the question is today, have we lost the ability um, uh, to, to just operate within a, a, a sense of common courtesy? Uh, and tolerance to other road users and we've become so totally impatient I mean I'm sure you've been a victim to it on on the motorways when uh, you know you need to 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 get into people who change lanes something that's a bugbearer of mine people who change lanes you're you're driving along and and one lane starts to slow and it's you see the, the the car in front of you swaps to the lane that's slightly quicker and then that one slows and then they swap back so the same car, as you see, yeah. is crossing all the different lanes. And, you know, ten minutes later, they're still only three metres in front of you. <laughs> they haven't yeah. gained anything. <laughs> it just seems to me to be totally counterproductive. But um, It's consideration, though, isn't it? I think people, yes, it's a lack of consideration. People are generally less considerate across the board for, every, for everything, though. It's, no. it's not only about road users. In general, society, in society... People are less considerate and they're less aware of their environment generally. And that's always a big, that's always a big problem. You're always going to have issue. And the fact that you have some cyclists, not all, but some who are happy to flaunt the rules and are actually a danger to themselves and others. As well as car drivers. Makes makes the rest of the community look terrible. Mm. And then you you sort of end up polarising these groups and it becomes... It's the us and the and And I find that, that kind of a, a, a bit ridiculous because, uh, as I said, you know, it's just really... Um, because I noticed some of the cyclists, they go at a hell of a lick, um, including on the pavement. And if you've ever been caught uh, by a cyclist, you know... Um, the pedal on the leg, you can get a nasty old gash from it. You can have some nasty old the problem spills. The problem as well is that police don't seem to stop cyclists who break the rules. No, they don't. They don't. Well, this is another point. We have so many rules and regulations, so if, and yeah. it doesn't seem like we've got any enforcement. So if, I, if, I've been yeah. told off as a child for riding off, you know, I was eight too. or nine year old riding on the pavement. And I got a right ticking off uh, from from a, a policeman. Yeah, me too. Uh, and never did it again, of course. And so, but these days, it, it doesn't seem to. Because then there's the question of whether you should have cyclists insured, whether they should pay some form of road tax. Because if they're obviously if they're using the roadway, should yes. they not? Should they not pay a proportion? Well, if they're getting cycle lanes, surely they should be paying towards them as. Other road users... Uh, Can we talk uh, about the most annoying thing? Go on, what's the most annoying thing? 
however many hundreds of millions has been, have been spent on cycle lanes, but then you'll have the cyclists that won't use it and they'd rather use the, the road. Can you please explain the logic? I don't understand it. So you have a dedicated lane to yourself. Yeah. Usually free, that you can use at your leisure. But no. You've got to use the no, road. No, you've got to use the road. No. You have to use the road. I don't understand it. I don't like it. That really gets on my nerves. And then you ride in the middle of the road to slow everyone down. When there's yes. a perfectly fine cycle lane to your left that you could use if you chose to. That should be enforced. That if there is a cycle lane available, all cyclists should be within it. Well, it Unless you're at a junction, obviously, you need it, to turn it, left or right. It, it, would, it would seem logical. But yeah, then, but it's like, a, it's, like a, it's, it's like a finger up to, to every car driver. It's like, well, I've got it, you've paid for it, but I still won't use it and I'm going to get on your nose. That's that's the one thing that I just yeah it, there, it really I really can't stand that. There never seems to be any logic to anything when it there'll comes always to, be one guy. There's always that one person. When it comes to British roads, there's no there's no logic in any of it. You know, it, 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 it's uh, I've never under, I understood the whole whole. You know, they come down here and they spend millions and millions and millions of pounds putting a new surface on the road. Then they come along again and, and they spend another few million pounds putting humps in the road to slow the traffic down. And then three weeks after they're finished, when it's all looking nice, with all these lovely white lines in place, they come along, the gas board come along and dig it, all, it all up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Just needs to me to be really perverse. <laughs> you know, uh, you fill in the potholes, but then you create humps um, for it all. Incidentally, how many goes did you have at passing your driving test? Two. Did it on my second. Did it on your second. Okay, well, you beat me. I had three better. I actually failed my first test for the opposite reason. Going too fast. I was going too fast. Do you um, want to know why I failed my first motorcycle test? That was a funny one. Yeah, and I failed mine. I never took a second one. So for my motorcycle test, what happened was that everything was fine up until the last two minutes, and there was a funeral procession going... <laughs> there, was a there was a funeral procession going up, going up the road. Yeah. But obviously it was only travelling at like 10 miles an hour. As they do. And there was a space for you to wait because the road slightly narrowed. Yes. So there was a giveaway sign on the left where yeah. I was. Yeah. And then sort of... 20 metres, 30 metres down the road, there's a funeral procession. In my mind, I was thinking to myself, logically speaking, funeral procession, going really slow, I'll have plenty of time to go past, you know, even though the road was narrowing, there's plenty of space, and I'll go. So I went, the funeral procession hardly moved, you know, got to the, got to the um, testing centre, and he failed me for not giving way to the funeral procession. I started laughing and I was like, well, hold on a second. They were going at like five miles an hour. There was no danger. Like, there was no hazard. You had plenty of time to there get was out. No hazard. In, in, in. But according to, according to him, I should have waited, even if it meant waiting for potentially two or three minutes for the thing to go past me. Because it, it wasn't one car, it was like 50 Yes, it's always... Uh... So I should have waited apparently for 50 cars to go past 
then I could have gone. So I don't know either you didn't like me or something like that, but I failed for that first time. Well, I, maybe, it's in a, maybe it's one of those myths, um, but I always understood, I was always told that they have had a quota. And if their quota was filmed, they'd find an excuse to fail you. Um, really? But it did fill up. I mean, I, I've, I didn't pass my driver's test. I passed it on the third, uh, third outing. Uh, so, uh, family-wise... Maybe was, we shouldn't uh, be discussing this topic. I was the runt, as, as it were, um, because my, both my brothers passed the first time round. First time I got, uh, I, as I said, I dipped over the speed limit by about a mile an hour. Uh, and if I, The second one, I can't remember why I failed the second one. It was for some minor, um, you know, it uh, wasn't obvious to me and I didn't feel like I'd made a mistake. And then the third one, I'd got it into my head that I was going to fail. It's like, this is just not going to work. This is not working for me at all. Um, and yet I already had a Canadian driving licence by this stage. And, um, and on the third one, about 20 minutes into it, the, the examiner said to me, Oh, put your foot down. I want to get back to the test centre for a cup of tea. And he had me going about 10 mile an hour over the speed limit and passed me. Maybe so he needed to go for a wheel. It just seemed to me to be a bit... Uh, like arbitrary, sort of. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, third occasion, uh, I passed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't get me wrong, I had a few accidents when I was younger, we all do. But I, I don't think I was a shift driver. Yeah, generally I've been a, uh, a safe and considerate. But at this point, we should. User. At this point, we should say that we we're both estate agents for a while, and yes. we would make. We apologise profoundly. So we used to for make engaging in careers that are not popular amongst the public. But we made. <laughs> but hold on! But we used to drive an awful lot. Yes. You know, so I think just by nature of our jobs. We became much better drivers because we were in the car well, all the I, time. I, when I was designing fashion and travelling up and down the country, uh, is uh, you know. Uh, yeah, but motorway driving isn't like city driving. City driving yeah, is always, much much harder. I'd always arrive at a city, driving yeah, around okay. Manchester, Birmingham, you know, Leeds, you name it. Uh, I've been around it, good God knows how many times. Um, and on, the, on one occasion driving to France around the Paris Perifique uh, ten times on one day. That's a mistake. Yeah, totally. And uh, I felt like I was stuck in Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah, that's not fun. I've done that. I've horrible. done that once and never again. Yeah, not advisable. So um, there we go. So a little bit about the, the uh, miscreants that use our roads and don't consider other people. So I think it's less about the rules... Um, motorised scooters by the way yeah they're a proper danger to society oh you mean the electric yeah, scooter that can do 30 I 40 miles an hour yes I those saw, things are crazy i saw one yesterday pulling into the road up here and they had a passenger yeah i've seen that to a, to, a to a brown. um uh, you know and it just seems to me to be ludicrous yeah we all that's, that's probably mm. dangerous i must admit and, and and obviously i know these days cyclists wear their helmets um i don't well do you know what i should I, do but i don't those helmets that cyclists wear i'm never sure which way around they go on your head doesn't matter 
You mean it is... No, it's not entertaining there. There's a definite... There is a definite front and back. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Where the label is, I suppose. Still looks horrific, which is why I refuse. Yeah, never had them when we were kids. I think it would have probably put me off cycling. If it's your time, it's your time. That's the way I kind of look at it. So, uh, and... uh, but I, I, I wouldn't cycle on the roads today because I think the issue isn't the cyclist. It isn't the road, the, the driver. It's everybody. A lack of consideration. And on that note, um, I thought I'd find a little quote this week. And I thought that, that I was trying to find a quote that was suitable for the kind of... Uh, That's kind of the point of the quote of the day. But it's kind of the yeah, point, well. isn't it? Um, but, of course, we were interrupted rather a lot. Uh, I, I, good job I didn't elect to do the survey, wasn't it? <laughs> um, a bad attitude is like a flat tyre. You can't get anywhere until you change it. Actually, do you know what? That quote no, like sounds that. as though it, belongs, it belonged in a Christmas cracker. It kind of feels like there should have been another sentence added, but I liked it. Yes. I think next time I might read one of my poems. Yeah. No, please don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm told some of my, my, my poetry's rather good. One of my ditties. And on, on that, that note, note, good day to you all. Until Bye, next everybody. time. Thank you for watching.